Wow, I love the power behind moments of just totally going public with your faith and sharing your faith, even in forms that are really on the spiritual side, ultimately, water baptism, right? It's like one of the most spiritual things in the minds of people, and it really is a cool, cool moment. And uh, uh, so we're going to celebrate that today uh, here in about 25 minutes or so. But first, I want to continue and just show you how cool this day links in to where we're at in the book of Luke. We're finishing up Luke part 8, which is um, uh, just been fun to see all of how Jesus' power has effect on us and the power that's at work for us and through us in the world today. And so this, is, this has been really fun to investigate and look at how Jesus so loved even a demoniac, somebody filled with a legion, 6,000 demons, and freed him while he was the buck naked dude. This is in the Bible, Luke 8. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we, we get to see how, how Jesus would, would take multiple scenarios and, and just dramatically heal people and even sense power going out through him. As we looked at last week and dialogued in groups this week, it's been a lot of fun. But today I want to look, we're going to jump into Luke 9, and it sets the tone for where we're going even with, our, with Luke part 9 that we're jumping into as we walk through the entire book of Luke. And first, before I read the passage, I want to ask you a pretty simple question. How many of you have ever been asked to do something, maybe by an employer or someone, you were asked to do something, but you, you totally lacked the empowerment or authority to carry out that task? Have you ever been in that moment in your life? Isn't it funny when that, like, you're just, like, stressed out, and you're like, what do I do? I just don't know what to do. And... Um, 9-11, we just reflected on here in September, and I'll never forget being at a church that did events across the country that involved, like, Christian music artists and, and NBA players and different people like that, and had done it for quite a while. It was an event called Jamming Against the Darkness, and, and the coordinator of that was my lead pastor at the time. I was his youth pastor, and he uh, had signed up to do an event at Madison Square Garden like two years earlier, which was one year before 9-11. And it just so happened to be on 9-11, one year after 9-11. You tracking with me? And so here we are at Madison Square Garden for this gospel evangelistic crusade type event with athletes and stars and all these different people. And... Uh, and it became a really big deal for the city of New York. The craziest thing happened was, uh, you know, I was, had led some big events with Dana as well. Dana became pregnant with Jocelyn and Jenna, so they were there. They don't remember. They were in stomach. But anyway, uh, and so we uh, had the opportunity to, to go, and she was uh, getting cankles and stuff in the New York heat. It was a really hot day. And all of a sudden... During this event, we get word in the middle of the afternoon because there's a severe, like, weather storm that's going to come in mixed with the heat, and they had a bunch of outdoor events for 9-11 scheduled, 
and uh, they were going to have to cancel them. So all the focus media-wise around the world tuned in and plugged their cables in to Madison Square Garden. And then we got the word. My job was to secure Madison Square Garden. And uh, uh, so, you know, make sure the only people coming in, like the backstage entrance, are the people that are supposed to be coming in. And, uh, but they bring their, like, posses. It's hilarious, especially some of the pastors in New York. They, like, come in, and they don't touch a door. Everybody's wearing white gloves, and they just kind of walk in the middle of the crowd. It's really interesting. You could probably get cynical. I was. Anyway, so, the, uh, so you're there, and... Uh, you're trying to, you know, no, no, wait, who are you? And they're like, don't touch the master. <laughs> you're just like, okay, whatever, but I need to know who you are. They just kind of shuffle by you onto the elevator. You're like, I am dead, right? Then we got word through the walkie-talkie. Everybody pay attention. We need to make sure the event is secure for the president of the United States. Secret service is coming to all the exits. And I'm like, I do not know what I'm doing right now, <laughs> and I am not empowered at all to do whatever is necessary to secure this place for the President of the United States of America. So already so many people had gone by, I'm like, I can't sign off, I have no idea who's in this building, you know? I can't tell you it's secure, there's no way I could do that, you know? And long story short, the President didn't show up, which I was kind of glad about, you know, it would have been cool. but. I was kind of glad that he did not walk into the building. I did not have the empowerment or authority, and that was one of the most unnerving moments of my entire life. You know, you're just tense afterwards. You're just like, I was a supervisor, going way back now. I was a supervisor at a travel agency called Grad Week Tours. We would book trips for the ASB teams of schools all across the nation to go to the Bahamas or Cancun or wherever. And uh, we would charter planes and they would just, from the moment they got to the airport till the moment they got back, they would have one big party. Yeah, that's what I got to do, right? And uh, so I was a supervisor of some travel agents that would communicate with the ASB teams and would book these flights and would make sure everything's going okay. And I'll never forget, I was on I was in charge, the coordinator of Grad Week Tours was on a tour in one country, and we had a bunch of groups showing up at an airport to go to the Bahamas, and we get the call, and, and uh, there's no plane. Like, what do you mean there's, there's no plane? Uh, we booked this, you know, so I look up who did it, and she's sitting right here, and it's like, hey, you know, where did you... How'd you book this plane? Let's go look, you know. And she sent the charter plane to the wrong airport. So you're like, you got to be kidding me. You know, and there's like three airports in New York, so it's easy to do. But you're just like, oh, my goodness, right? So I didn't have the authority to spend another 30 grand to get a plane there, but I just had to take a risk and do it. You know, there's moments like that where you're like, what do I do? You just cost this company more than your entire year's value to the organization, right? You're just like, what? how do you tell a person that? Well, it's going to be okay. No, it's not. You know, you're just like, and it's that moment. You're just like in a panic, and you're trying to calm yourself. Have you ever been in that moment? And you're just like, yeah, and it sucks. It stinks to do something 
knowing you're unprepared or you don't have the authority and empowerment necessary to carry it out. And it's cool to know that God loves us so much that He would not ask us to do anything like that. Check this out. Luke 9, verse 1. When Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them to take nothing for their journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money. This is the easiest church plant I've ever heard of in my life right here, right? No extra shirt. You knew that one. They were coming, right? It was just like no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. Pause. We have to celebrate Captain Obvious Jesus here. This is so funny. I was reading and studying and probably overstudying this passage, right? And it just, this is one of the funniest little four or five word phrases. Stay there until you leave. Isn't that just one of those funny ones? Stay there until you leave. Mmm, that's deep Jesus, right? You know what I'm saying? Isn't that just kind of funny? Anyway, have to have a little fun when you're reading this because it's, so, it's, it's right there. It's so hilarious. Okay, verse 5. Sorry, rabbit trail. I'm back. Squirrel. Oh, okay. If people do not welcome you, leave their town. Shake the dust off of your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And here's the funniest two verses or three verses that just tag on the end. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard about all that was going on. And he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, John the Baptist. Others that Elijah had appeared and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him, it says. Tried to see him. Little did he know it had already become them. God, I pray just one more time here before we dive in. You'd give us the power to become the sent out ones, just as we read here, that we would set out on the challenge you gave us so long ago to be empowered and full of authority to change the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, what kind of leader just totally gives away all of his power and authority? a great one, right? An absolute great one. Last week, we looked at, again, the story of, of Jesus uh, feeling power go out through him and healing a woman that was subject to an issue of bleeding for 12 years. And 
Uh, and, and he could literally feel the power go out from him. Even though a crowd was pressing around, he could feel that one came with the faith to be healed. Therefore, power went out from him and healed her, made her completely well instantaneously. And Jesus pulls right after this the, together. This is why Luke throws this in here. We don't know if this happened chronologically or not. Most of Luke is kind of in the order he thinks it would make sense. He's just trying to make us certain that Jesus is the Son of God whom he claimed to be. And so he's like, all of a sudden, this power goes out through Jesus. And then Jesus is bringing in the troops. He's, he's going into a huddle with one too many men. You know, we know, right? Because we're the 12th man. Anyway, there's 12 men. They bring him in. And he's like, uh, you know, here's the deal, guys. I'm going to send you out with power and authority. And... Uh, and, and he's like, what he's saying is, I'm going to send you out to experience. You ask, how in the world did I know that power went out through me in the midst of a crowd? I'll show you how. You go do it. You go do it. And you know what? You'll know when power goes out from you. In fact, you have all power and you have all authority. Go, right? I just love that. I think it's the the coolest thing that he's doing here and teaching his disciples. Again, he's, he's connecting with people and he's serving people. And then he's sharing with his disciples how to do what he did. He's connecting, he's serving, he's sharing. That's why it's the three practices that we do here at Open Life over and over and over. He wants them to get a taste of the same power he felt. So, some observations in the text here today. And one of the most interesting ones, I think, is Jesus never wanted to become a rock star for humanity to follow and become groupies of. Isn't that interesting to think? I mean, like, He didn't come so that He could build an audience. He didn't just… He, he came so that He could make the kingdom of God known. It was not possible through his miracles alone to pull this off. One guy can't do it, and that's why we believe not just in a pastor, but the, what's called the priesthood of the believers. We believe that everybody is called and empowered to share the message of the good news of Jesus. And here we see this moment, this beautiful moment where he, he, he's empowering his followers to not just be groupies, to not just be the 12 biggest fans of Jesus that hang out wherever his concert is. They'll be there. You can count on them. You know, Peter will be in the front row. You know, I don't know. That's not the goal. The goal is that they kind of observed and saw what he did so that now he could share and send all of them out. How could they not be inspired seeing what he was doing? And then how could they not be just flabbergasted to hear that like they were going to do the same things. And no wonder, no wonder, I mean, Luke is trying to prove the Son of God, right? He, he was not, no wonder people around thought that this might be Elijah or it might be John the Baptist resurrected. They're just, they were confused. And that's why Jesus wanted to send these guys out so that farther and farther could know, no, I'm the Son of God. I'm the Messiah you've read about and studied about in school and heard about. Now you have authority to go public and make this known. He died on a cross for us. He gave His life sinless for us. 
so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to forgive humanity of all of our sins so that we could not just help people be forgiven but live life to the full right now and with the promise of eternity. That's what faith in Jesus is. That's what choosing to follow Jesus is. How would we not be inspired to bring this amazing news to the public, you know, to go out from here? Statistically, you know, when we first started Open Life, we did a demographic search of five-mile radius of Target, and what we found out was there was 91,000 people predicted to be here and by like 2012 or 13 or whatever, and that 88% of those 80,000 people had, did not attend church regularly of any type of religion. 80,000 became our number, became the vision of open life. How could we reproduce ourselves rapidly? My heart for people become your heart for people that becomes your heart for people that becomes your heart for people and make Jesus known in our neighborhoods and schools and workplaces and use the influence God gives us and the favor he gives us in community to make Jesus known. That's our heart stinking beat is to make Jesus known. And that's what he's empowering his disciples to do here. That's what Herod was confused about. He's like, how is this happening? Is it Elijah? Is it John? I killed these people. Right? He's like, wait, I took his head off. How is this happening? It's God. He loves humanity. He loves people, and he's going to give us power and authority so that we can share the good news still today. So a couple thoughts for us. Number one, we're entrusted with power and authority. We're entrusted with power and authority. says there in Luke 9 that it's power to proclaim. That's what the disciples were empowered to do, is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God and authority to heal. Power to proclaim and authority to heal. Acts 1-8 is an interesting moment. So, Jesus has resurrected three days after his burial, after being hung on the cross, just as he had predicted, finds himself amongst a crowd that, uh, that is left on a hillside, and he's about to ascend into heaven, and he gives a final challenge to his people. It says in Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses. Witnesses will be filled with power. Why? Why do we get this power from Jesus? Why is He given power to His 12 disciples? So they can just witness. So that they can bear witness to the authority and power that Jesus is the Son of God, that the kingdom of God is here. This is the moment they're being empowered for in Luke 9. Initially, this is the first moment of empowerment, to send out the 12. It's totally interesting for me, though, to look at both, you know, the, the bookends, the moment they're first empowered and the moment that he says, well, you're going to continue to be full of power. In fact, you're going to be full of more power, and you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Be witnesses. Jesus knew that sharing was not easy work at all. Sharing our faith sometimes comes with intimidation and fear and in political whatever, you know, in our world we live in today. He knew it. He knew that this would happen. And that's why he gives us encouragement throughout Scripture to be full of power and authority. And it turned out, uh, man, many times that Jesus had to remind his disciples that they were full of power and had to go out and share. 
You know, Matthew 28, it's our great commission, right? says this in verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you to always to the very end of the age. He's reminding his disciples, hey, this is after he resurrected, before he was speaking there in Acts 1. He's saying, all authority has been given to you. I'm with you to the very end of the age, whether I'm present before you or ascended in heaven. You've got the authority, and what you need to do is teach people to obey my word, every word I've taught, and you need to baptize people in my name so that they can go public with their faith. Simple. It's a breakthrough moment for so many people. And we're not only given power to proclaim the good news of God's love to others through us, we're given authority to raise up disciples of Jesus. Those who would follow and experience the same fulfillment that, you know, you might go, well, you're a pastor, you get to do all these things and share your faith and with your neighbors and, 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 and bring great moments into people's lives, and, but I'm just, you know, I'm me. That's the beautiful thing of what we're being taught here. No, like all of us have been given authority and power to share the good news of Jesus. The good news is, in fact, we can do this to the ends of the earth. We're, that's what we're supposed to do. People leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus, we're supposed to reproduce, and we should do it rapidly. These guys are young in the faith, and they're going out. All of a sudden, they find themselves, boom, we're in ministry. What just happened? Okay, here we go. Blind faith. And they go out. I, just, I don't know. Witnesses to the ends of the earth. There's this little box on your connection card that hopefully you've already filled out. On the back side, there's, there's a checkbox that says 2015 missions trip to Indonesia. If you want to go, literally go to the ends of the earth to share your faith, check that box because this week we're going to decide a meeting time to dialogue about the potential of going on this trip, what the costs would be, what the team may look like, depending on who shows up. We just want to go to the ends of the earth and take the gospel there to one of our strategic partners in Surabaya and Sumba. So check that box if you're interested in that, but this is not an advertisement per se. That's not why I'm speaking this message. I just wanted to remind us of that while I'm here. Today, your first step, I believe, your first step of being a witness, as we're challenged to do, is to first go public with our faith. And that's why you see the people who've done that before in the baptism video that preceded the talk today. We're supposed to go public with our faith. And baptism is God's design of a first step, if you would. So in that thought leads us to our final point. We are sent ones. Well, that's what Jesus is doing. Is he's sending us out. We are sent ones. And I love being sent by Jesus. And I actually am sick enough to find comfort in that challenge of take nothing with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, we like to be prepared, don't we? <laughs> in our world, like, you don't want to be unprepared. But the reality is he's saying, I got you. You don't even need the securities that you can come up with in your head. You don't need a plan. I'm with you. And so he challenges us to do crazy stuff like go with nothing. What? You know? I, uh, excuse me, Jesus? Yeah, that's, uh, I sweat. My right armpit especially more than my left. 
what do I do about that if I'm out there, you know, no change of clothes, like no dish soap, no laundry soap? I don't know. It's interesting. I just, this is crazy. So are they going to clothe us if we stay with somebody? You know, it's just really, it doesn't say anybody gave pushback. Okay, Jesus, wait, let's think. Uh, my sandals are almost worn out. You know, nobody, we don't read about any pushback. We just say, we just read these four words. So they set out. So they set out. I don't know. Is that what you do? Would you just set out? That's what they did. What would it look like for you and I to set out? To just set out in our context today. Fully empowered, full of authority. Heaven and on earth, it's all in us to do anything God leads us to do. I think it'd change a community. I think it could change the world if we would fully operate as disciples of Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at in our next series here. We jump into part nine of the Luke series is looking at the disciples of Jesus. What does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? But one note before we call you to action today. Just a little thought. The thought of shaking off the dust, isn't that kind of a weird part of this passage? That he tells his disciples, if they were not welcome, that they should go to the edge of the town and shake off the dust. What that is in their custom is that's like saying, I'm not even, I'm not going to take any of the rejection away from this city with me. In fact, you're kind of handing that city over for destruction, if you will, kind of brutal judgment. But I think more importantly is we're not carrying the rejection we experience with us. And in our faith, when we're sharing our faith and when we're going public with our faith, and if nobody responds to, that, to us and we're, we're sharing or inviting and, and somebody doesn't come with us, sometimes we can just carry the dust with us for way too long. You know what? We're not supposed to take the dust with us. We're supposed to shake the dust off. So for some of you, I just, I had this additional thought this morning when I was praying over the talk that you need to shake it off already. You shouldn't have taken it with you this long. The hurt from past failures of ministry, the hurt from past experiences with Christians that were negative. Don't neglect the next town because you have the dust from the previous one still on your shoes. Shake it off already. Does that make sense? If you don't know Jesus, you need to choose to follow Him today. Like, that's the biggest deal today. Uh, you, need, you need to just say, okay, this Jesus loved me so much that He would come and, and He would heal people and He would even empower us to live life to the full. And I, I want to just totally pray for you that, that you would surrender your life to Him. And, and the first thing, there's no better day to do it than today because the first step of obedience as outlined in Scripture is to, to give your life to Jesus and then be baptized. In fact, in the first sermon ever in Acts 2, 38 through 41 of one of His disciples that's recorded in Scripture is Peter explaining to the crowd, they're like, well, well what do we do about this whole Jesus deal? 
And it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. We're supposed to give our lives to Jesus. We're supposed to repent and be baptized. We're supposed to follow Jesus and be baptized. Jesus was baptized. Jesus commanded that his disciples share the word and baptize. And the first sermon ever given introduces baptism. So my challenge to you today, and I've been praying this week, that anybody who showed up today at Open Life that is yet to be baptized would get baptized. Crazy prayer, huh? A little bit, a little insane. I said to myself, self, because I talk to me out loud, I'm that way, third person and stuff, I said, what would it look like, what would we have to do to help every person that has never been baptized by being submerged in water be baptized? And I said, well, we would probably have to prepare a little bit. And like, so we would have to have water if we were going to submerge people in water. And an Intex pool rose up from the sidewalk. I'm just kidding. Uh, we found that little pool. It's a little littler than we thought. It's kind of a kiddie pool. We'll have fun with that today. And, uh, you know, and we filled it with warm, not, not ice cold water. It's not the ice challenge. It's close. So it'll be a great experience. Um, it's refreshing. Athletes do it. Anyway, so we're, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good water. It's clean. We just put it in today. And um, so we thought we would need water, but, you know, if people come in their clothes, and it's not good if you go in water with your phones and stuff, so we got to be careful. So we were like, what could we do? I know. What if we got shirts for anyone who got baptized that say simply, I, I choose to follow? Oh, but then there's lots of different sizes and shapes of people, right? And uh, genders and children and adults. And we were like, okay, well, then we just need to buy tons of sizes. So we have shirts of every size. We have girl shirts and guy shirts. The girl shirts are a little fat camp. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. But they're pretty snug. So if you don't like fat camp shirts, you, you may want the larger sizes than you've ever. Just saying, we did a little demonstration of try-on last night, and it didn't go well. So I'm just, just encourage you, ask for a bigger size. Anyway, so, and then, don't feel self-conscious about that. Uh, and then, uh, I was just like, you know, what if my hair is going to get wet? You know, so we got some hair dryers, and what if my hair needs to be pulled up, so we got hair ties, and what if I don't have shorts? We got shorts, and, but, you know, I'm not going with nothing, so we got the other stuff. And what uh, if my armpits smell unlike Jesus? Because, again, you're supposed to take nothing with you, right? So you brought nothing with you for this necessarily, except for maybe one person who came planning to do it today. So I was like, oh, well, then we would need deodorant. And Got it. It's back there. You're good. Moose, gel, whatever you need, we've got it. Uh, but what if my feet are cold going from here to there? Guess what? We got flip-flops too. They may not fit well, but I'm just saying, we got a bunch of them. Thanks, Walmart, one dollar. 
I even had the opportunity to invite the person who was selling me the flip-flops at Walmart that said, well, I've been wanting to get baptized. I said, come and get baptized at Open Life. Are you here at all? Or in a Walmart employee? I haven't not seen. I wouldn't remember your face. Nope, not. But I invited her. So anyway, I'm just saying it was a cool moment. And, uh, and so I, I look at that, and there's, we need to do this. I don't know why we wait. I don't know why we don't get baptized. You're like, but I want this moment to be special, and I want to share it with my family, and so do we. That's why we're going to film it, we're going to take photos of it, and we're going to celebrate like no party you've ever seen. So I want to ask you, have you ever been baptized? And if not, we are prepared today for you to join us. Get the t-shirt, share your faith with others as a demonstration. It's, it's really, you're just going public with your faith today. So, interesting. When should you get baptized? This is what I'm going to wrap up with. Jamie, you can come up. Don't hurry, though. I don't want to do a lack of water birth today or anything. It'd either be chasse or you. You know, if you want, I guess, let's have you go last, though, if you're going to do that in the water, okay? So, I'm just saying. Um, loving on the people who will go first. <laughs> Thank you for that, Pastor. That was awful vision. Okay, so here we go. Acts 8 verse 36 says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? I ask you the same question. Why shouldn't you be baptized? If you put your faith in Jesus, today's your day. Philip was continually going. He just, he preached the good news, and then he baptized both women and men, it says. I, I love Paul says immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he could see again, and he got up and was baptized after he gave his life to the Lord. Later, he was arrested and in jail, and he shared his faith with the jailer and his family. And it says they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, in the middle of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately he and his families were baptized. In the middle of the night, there's no good time or wrong time. We just go and we make it happen. Nothing should hold you back today. So here's the, here's the call. Here's the call to action. You've got your connection card filled out, and maybe some of you have an offering envelope, and you're going to choose to get baptized. Take that with you. We'll collect it over in the bathroom. But here's what we're going to do. I, in a second, am going to ask those who have never been baptized before that are going to say, why not? Why not today? And you're going to be baptized right out there in that wonderful Intex pool that rose up from the ground. And... Uh, with us, and we're all going to go out there and celebrate. The elementary class is going to come join us as well. Um, if you've never been baptized and you're, and you're going to join us today, uh, I'm going to call you to stand in, in just a second. And then, really quickly, while Jamie sings a song of reflection, and Jaden comes up and collects our connection cards and offering, we're going to go into the bathrooms, which are now locker rooms. And we're going to get ready real quick. We're going to grab all the stuff we need, go back there, get ready, and make our way out to be baptized with everybody around shouting, screaming, and celebrating. So today, I want to pray. And I want God to speak to your heart. And then I'm going to ask those to stand that are ready. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to follow you and for the opportunity we have to make moments like this happen. And I pray that God, right now, 
you would stir people's hearts, that their hearts would start pounding and they would know, wow, I was not expecting to do this today and this is not in my schedule book, but the Holy Spirit is touching my heart and I know that I should choose to follow Jesus because he loved me and I'm going to go public with my faith today because I love him and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be a witness because I choose to follow Jesus. So some in this room first need to choose to follow Jesus and to simply say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as my Savior and Lord. I want to live life to the full now and I want the promise of eternity and peace and hope. Through that confession, you're ready. So anybody in this room that's not been baptized and you want to get baptized today, Will you stand on the count of three? One, don't let anything hold you back today. Two, you've been prayed for for a couple weeks to to this point at least, daily, because I knew this was going to be your day. Three, stand if you've never been baptized. You're going to be baptized today. I'm going to dismiss you guys right over to here to get ready and try to hold my emotions together so you can take any supplies you have with you with you. Um, And uh, they'll get you all dressed up, whatever you need over there. And then the rest of you, I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray for your friends. Who are you supposed to invite that they could come and choose to follow Jesus? And I want you to just begin to prepare yourself to be set out because that's what Jesus brought us here today to equip us and set us out and uh, Jamie's going to sing thank you Jamie for pressing through I imagine this is a hard day right now right and uh, physically she's at a tough spot in her pregnancy that's why I've been leading dear Lord every week anyway so we're uh, and then uh, we just want to be praying for for her we want to be uh, sensitive to that. And then Jaden's going to come and close you in a second. And we're going to go do a water baptism. You ready for this? I love this day. This is a good day. So um, you guys hold tight. Jaden will tell you what to do here in a few moments.